Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Heyo, welcome back. Welcome back to Leafs Late Night. I'm your host, Roscoe. And I'm joined by Suddy, Steph, the Fanalist, and the Beaner. Welcome to everybody new, I have to say, because we have uh, 10 times the amount of you that we had three weeks ago. So thank you all for joining us and listening to Leafs Late Night, presented by Inside the Rink, where it's never too late for the Leafs. Hope everybody's having a fantastic Tuesday, October 11th, it is right now as we record, on the eve before the Leafs start their season. It is exciting. We got like, what is it? Twelve less than twenty four hours before puck drop. It's so so exciting. How are you guys doing? How are you containing the excitement? I'm not. I'm here. <laughs> oh, I'm you ready sound to you sound so excited. <laughs> I'm I'm just like I don't know. I can't believe it's here. Like I remember like yesterday we were saying our goodbyes on Twitter and it was just one big cry fest about you know the season's over and that's what really hit for me. You know when everyone was writing their goodbyes, but now we're back and so much to look forward to. So much, so much. Sadia, how about you? Oh, I dusted off the Matthews jersey today, broke out the Leafs hat. I am effing ready to go. Love that. Oh, I don't know. Um, I'm probably going to get the video going for this, but I'm wearing my uh, Rattle the Glass sweater Ooh. here. If anyone nice. can see that. Shout out to our boy, nice. Marty Zilstra. Um, Beaner, how you doing? Oh, same as always. Uh, a lot of work and trying to prove people mm-hmm. that are in the same mindset as you, Roscoe, that you know the Leafs are in good shape this year. <laughs> so uh oh <laughs> we we do want to st- get out of here we do want to start with the leafs here for a sec um before we move on we're going to make this whole episode our uh season predictions so we're going to go through every division and uh say who we think is going to be first through eighth and who's going to improve who's going to drop uh and also give our playoff and trophy predictions at the end so strap in for a longer than usual one uh, but first off, yeah. we're going to touch on the Leafs. Um, some waiver cuts happened. But, you know, the, th- the way it usually goes with the Leafs is even the least desirable person could go through waivers and somebody would claim them. That was not the case this time, as Victor Mete, Kyle Clifford, Adam Gaudet, and Wayne Train Simmons all clear waivers. I was shocked to see this. Was anybody else? I mean, I know everyone's cap strapped, but like, like I said, this happens to the Leafs every time someone touches the waiver wire. I'm not shocked because unlike everybody on Twitter, I understand the fact that it's not just the Leafs that are in cap hell right now. You look at all the playoff teams in the Atlantic division, they're all in the same boat. 20 players on their active roster, zero cap space left. Of all the teams in the NHL, there's I think four that are actually under the cap without using LVIR. Give give the Leafs some credit. We got $4. You can do a lot with that in this league. He can you can't even buy a hot dog at the ACC. I don't think you can buy anything at any <laughs> arena in this league with $4. You can buy a coffee at Tim's, but probably not Starbucks. No. <laughs> no. Can no. you even buy a coffee at a Tim's in an arena for less than... Well, actually, maybe. Not an arena. Maybe. 
so some fun other fact. Oh, fun fact. Just want to let you it. know about the cap. Sorry, guys. We're talking about four dollars for the first ever in cap, first ever uh, time in cap era history. The Vancouver Canucks is perfectly even on the cap strain, so it's zero dollars <laughs> to spare. The first team ever to do that. I thought Isn't we were the wild? cap wizards, man. Go, go, Vancouver. I'm proud of them for that, but. Uh... Take note, everyone else. Guys, guys, don't <laughs> applaud them too much. They might riot. <laughs> don't let them hear this. Okay, so some other notable names were uh, put down through waivers. Some ex-Leafs, too. We had um, Josh Levo and also Nick Foligno going down through waivers. Uh, some other, anybody else notable? Uh, Michael Del Zotto, Chris Tierney. For the Panthers, um, do, 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 do. Josh Levo. Name for me. Josh Levo, yeah. Yeah. Antoine Bebo, Philip Myers, uh, Aaron Dell. Ty Smith. Remember the rookie Ty Smith from the New Jersey Devils that was supposed yeah. to be the next, you know, mm-hmm. top PowerPoint guy or power play guy on the point, but he was also set down. But I think it's just a matter of this cap hell because I was reading an article and he was just the next guy up to get cut in order to, you know, keep the team at, at, under the cap. So it's just been it's hard to, I don't know. Funny hearing names of players like who are supposed to be a big thing, like Dallas stars, like cut Will Butcher. Remember when he was supposed to be a big up and coming guy? Yeah, yeah, and I mean, yeah. I know he's not on this list, but like Galchenyuk looking for another team to play for for like the 10th time. It's crazy. Oh, I'm always Team Galley. I just want him to do good. Right? I, I hope for the best for him. He played well in Toronto, and I wish he'd made better choices and just stuck around. But, you know, I get it. Chase the bag and the bigger opportunity. But I don't know. Yeah. When it's not worked for you time and time again, change of change of plan might be in order. Agreed. So with these waiver cuts, that means that a couple people made the team like Dennis Mulligan, Nick Robertson, and uh, who was the other one? There was another person. I'm forgetting we somebody. Czar. What? Zach Aston Reese. We signed. Zar. Oh, yeah. yeah. Zach Aston Reese was signed. So um, but tech- I think everybody knew that was going to happen. Tech- technically. Sorry. Uh, go ahead, Beaner. I think you're going to say the same thing. I was just going to say technically Robertson didn't actually make the team. He's yeah. on the Marlies. So I think the Leafs are going to play yeah. a man short on Wednesday, but they can call him up on an emergency basis Johnny, on Thursday. Johnny T is good to go. Cap they won't be short. Oh, I saw that. I just checked my fantasy team and I had to take him off IR after I just put him on it today. <laughs> I was like, what does this guy have to do to make the team? It's so rough. Like he had eight points in the preseason. His speed looked good. Like he was carrying the puck well. It looked like he was a much more mature player. I mean, I'm sure we're going to see him up really, really shortly, but it's just kind of a bummer that he's not in the opening roster. It sucks that it's like he's always waiting for somebody to get hurt, it seems. And that's yeah. going to be it. the first person hurt on the forward line he's in. So Teams do too His deep, role is right? Yeah. yeah. Way too deep. His role's too specific, too. Yeah, it's like we keep talking about with him. He's not really a fourth line guy. He's barely a third mm-hmm. line guy. So it's, it's going to have to be an injury to somebody significant to you know, bring him up or somebody to the bottom that you move someone down and put him in their slot. So, yeah, I think the surprise is Johnny. Yeah, (laughs) it's a good thing. We didn't just run it back. eh? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Are we doing this? I don't know. I'm feeling it tonight. Cause I said this, (laughs) 
at the end of the season, we can run it back to a degree, but like, is it running it back if half the team and the starting goaltender are different? Well, I mean, a couple episodes ago, when you were having, when you were on, uh, on a heater, oh yeah, you kept saying <laughs> that we can't just run it back and expect for different results. Well, <laughs> the, you know, running it back has many contexts, is, and when I'm angry, it has whatever context I mean it hey, in this uh, moment. That being, that being said, I also said Adam Gaudet was going to be JT's winger, so I'm not perfect I was either. just going to say, wah, wah. Bean, um, if we're going there, I'm so sorry about Gaudet, <laughs> because you had high hopes about him, and I immediately shut that shit down. And I don't know, I, I did see some lineup placements on Twitter, you know, people have fun on NHL 21, 20, whatever you fucking play, and think it's going to happen, but no, I... Uh, maybe, you know, if four guys get injured and he's the next guy up, I wish the best for him. And I'm so happy he came over that, you know, that uh, illness he had. Right. But now we're here and I'm so glad we're going to see a Zarnak connection on that fourth line. <laughs> Zarnak. What? Yes. That's going to be so amazing. fun to call. Yeah. And Malgan guys, like everyone shat on Malgan, but he really played his way to that second line spot he wanted that really badly you can tell the way he was playing so i think he's gonna have a extremely hungry first part of the season here uh agreed and last thing before we move on to our division breakdowns here we just came off of uh at least steph and i and the others were involved in some of these but we've drafted every night for the last (laughs) five nights in fantasy since since last Thursday, we have had a draft. Somehow it worked out that they were all, I mean, you did four of them, but the fact that the one was the night before was a little crazy. So uh, lots of fantasy drafting going on. How how do you feel you did after all is said and done, Steph? You know, um, I was really, really Because uh, surprisingly, I was getting fourth pick usually like the highest I've ever gotten was like seventh in my life so (laughs) when I kept getting fourth pick I was like wow is it my birthday or what but that hundred dollar draft really screwed me in a sense where I had to go through plans A to Z because everyone was snagging the players I wanted but the other drafts were great like I kept getting Makar for my first round pick with fourth right like it's really hard when you have to choose a D or a goalie in your first round and trying to make right. it count in your second to third rounds but I think they went well and you know I did a couple mocks to see if you know I pull a goalie first but that never happened so I'm feeling good I'm feeling good how about you guys. It was tough Not sitting at eight or nine and seeing like the same thing you said. You see like Igor and Vasilevsky and then like Huberto and Kachuk. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with my first pick. <laughs> I mean, in our draft, I went last. It was a snake draft. So I went oh, 12th yeah. and 13th and I did get Vasi and Ovechkin. So I'm kind of happy with that. I noticed That's that. A bit, it was all downhill too. after that. <laughs> <laughs> my defense is brutal. How about you, Bean? Oh. You liking your team? Yeah, not too bad. I uh, I lucked out with there apparently being a couple Matt Murrays in the league. But oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that I actually got somebody. <laughs> yeah, that's like straight out of an episode of the league. So what happened? Tell tell the listeners what happened there. 
so in um in one of our Leafs late night leagues, I had uh, a whole bunch of players in my queue because I was you know trying to be a dad and a husband because I've been away a lot for work, so I was wasn't paying crazy attention to the draft. And I come back, I'm I'm like two or three picks away, and I see Matt Murray's taken. I was like, ah, crap! And I even commented in the chat, damn it, or something along those lines. Because I had an idea for a team name, but it involved drafting Matt Murray. And then the name. <laughs> it came up to my pick again, and he was first in my queue, and he was still available. So there's actually a goaltender in Dallas who is named Matt Murray, who Yahoo, in their infinite wisdom, because they are amazing. <coughs> so sorry. Um, yeah. Had ranked higher than... Matt Murray for the Maple Leafs. I think the, the Leafs goalie was ranked in like the 400s, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Which really made him go so late in the draft. Like, I was, I was so I, shocked that like the starting been... goaltender for the Maple Leafs, who are guaranteed over 100 points this year, like, w- 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 nobody was taking him. I couldn't believe I, it. I have them in like seventh round, maybe eighth in ours. I think Steph worked for Yahoo and the rankings were getting done. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I always, you know, I tell our newbies and I tell the sore losers that I've won with the 12th pick. I've won with the 10th pick. So it's definitely possible. Yep. Roscoe has witnessed me riding that waiver wire every damn week using all of my picks because my teams were pieces of shit and I still went to the chip <laughs> the ship okay so it's possible and that's why i put the settings for five pickups pickups a week and some ir spots so it's fun and i'm looking forward to that oh that's definitely yeah, how it's fun and like just yeah. ride whoever's having a good week even with goalies. i can attest steph's a grinder <laughs> and with the yeah. you make it work with the injuries this year it's been crazy like in our one league it's a keeper league and <laughs> the one guy ended up getting Brad Marchand in the 10th round. Wow. I got Brad Marchand wow. in the 15th round, pick 165 in one league. And in another league, I got him 140-something. Uh, so, yeah, people slept on those injured players, right? Like I said, I'll gladly take 60 games of Brad Marchand any fucking day. No shit. All right, so we got to wrap fantasy up here and move on to our division yeah, we'll predictions here as we hit our 15-minute mark sure. in our episode because it allows me to uh, keep time on it. So starting in three, two, one, the Central Division. So Nashville Predators, Arizona Coyotes, Chicago Blackhawks, Colorado Avalanche, who just got the coolest ring yes. unveiling ever. I don't know if you guys all saw this out there in the uh, pod verse, but they got their rings in a box that when you open the box, it plays the clip of them with sound of winning the cup. Like, how crazy is that? Such a good call oh to you. Like, I was crying. Oh, man, it gave my hair was standing up on end. Ah, oh, so cool. Um, so then uh, so Nashville, Arizona, Chicago, Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota. Yeah. St. Louis, Winnipeg. So obviously there's some haves and have nots. Um, we're not going to waste too much time on the have nots, which I'm going to say are the Arizona Coyotes and the Chicago Blackhawks. 
Um, let's just start with who do you think okay. uh, is going to be worse? You know, bounce back a little this year. You know, new. <sighs> I think they'll just be a little bit higher than Dallas. So I'm putting Dallas on the lower end of things. That wasn't my question. <laughs> lower than Chicago or Arizona? I said who's worse between Chicago no. and Arizona, Steph. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm <laughs> We're gonna go sorry, bottom it's feeder. Been a while. Here. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just to get them out of the way. Okay, here. bottom feeder. Chicago. Really? Because I think the mental game of Arizona playing in a state university is going to get to them more than Chicago. Just having a shit time because they've still got I Kane think and Taves they at ride least that maybe until the deadline. And literally left with no other choice. And if you look at Chicago's lineup, ugh, like Blackwell, I think, is starting on that first line now. I'd have to look. Well, I mean, they offloaded Doc into Brinkett, so there's not much left there. It's it's kind of they're trying to force the others out the door. So, I just think Arizona's in a better spot of having nothing. I kind like, of agree too, because I think they're gonna have this weird home ice advantage where they're gonna get used to that small crowd and small barn. Whereas the teams coming into it, it's gonna be like a huge shock to them. I think that's gonna be a hard thing to adjust for uh, visiting teams. Okay, okay, that's fair. Um, so then I guess working our way up, like the ones that I'm, I'm really interested in St. Louis blues, just to kind of loop it back to fantasy, their players are so fantasy valuable, but the team just isn't really that fantastic. Like at the end of the day, I mean, they're kind of like a, they make the playoffs, but middle of the pack kind of deal. Like, what do you guys expect Mm -hmm. to see from the St. Louis blues this year? Third like Jordan division. Bennington has to either get back to form or Third. you know they're screwed. Third, you think? Because I mean, Huso's oh. gone. Yeah, it, it, like it, what it, have they added? It does all come down to Bennington, but they've they've had such crazy depth there for so long. Like, didn't they have five or seven players or something that had over twenty goals last year? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. between who is it? Like Barbashev and Cairo and Thomas and. Uh, Tarasenko like there's so many of them that are going to score but I mean I think you've lost somebody that was mm-hmm. a really solid goaltender and they don't ha- I mean what do they got Justin Falk and Tori Krug are okay uh, they're good but like like these guys are all fantasy valuable that's the thing is they jump out with a shit ton of goals and assists but the team doesn't really match it with wins so I mean especially when you've got Colorado and Nashville and you know, Minnesota, I would even put in there as being a challenging team, like in Dallas. I just don't see St. Louis cracking through that. I think they're they well... really... Go ahead, Seth. Go ahead, Southie. Go ahead, Southie. Uh, they're a pretty well-rounded team. Like, to your point, Johnny, they are a good fantasy team because they score, they assist, they block, they hit, they do all the little things right. Like, they're a pretty tough team to play against. So I think every time you're going up against the St. Louis Blues, it's always going to be a pretty hard night. Yeah, uh, they paid and put their trust into two contracts in the summer, eight point one two five times eight. Oh yeah, they and did. they re-signed uh, yeah. Letty four times four. So I think that's the other defender uh, we're really talking about here. And you know, Levo got got waived. 
the rest of the Forgot lines look Letty, pretty yeah. solid. I mean, you have pretty solid center depth, like Thomas, then O'Reilly, and then Braden Shin. So my chart in the O'Reilly? central. Yeah. Me too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, like, just to round off the middle here, the Winnipeg Jets and I'd say Dallas. Who do you, like, Winnipeg has a huge problem. They have no leadership and they don't have a direction to go and they don't know who to keep and who to get rid of. Uh, nobody will take the guys that they have. I mean, like, what? what is... What are they going for this year? Are they going for a playoff spot? Are they going for trying to unload guys and restart? Like, what? what is the season for the, the Winnipeg Jets? They're trying to be better than Chicago and Arizona. That's about it. Yeah, Do they want like... to be better than them? Like, or is, is it about being good or is it about being bad this year for them? You don't... They feel like the... Go ahead, sorry. No, no, it's all good. Um, you don't hire a coach like Bones, uh, Rick Bonus, to, to try and, and fail, right? He's going to come in like Hellebuck's probably going to be the most improved goalie in the league this year compared to last year because of the defensive system that he plays. And he he carries a lot of <laughs> respect around the league. So I think he's going to clean up a lot of things, but I don't think they're going to be – they're not going to be a very offensive team. And I think they're going to struggle on a lot of nights, especially playing in a division mm-hmm. like this. Colorado's still a juggernaut. Dallas – with any team with Pete DeBoer, the first year they make the Stanley Cup final. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't see the Winnipeg Jets figuring out, you know, the locker room because I mean, obviously they have problems with leadership. They've made that public in stripping Wheeler of his captaincy and not giving it to anybody else. So, uh, I, I understand. You know, you don't bring in bonus to to fail but like i don't know i just i just don't see what's going to work for them this year and what's going to put them ahead of the likes of dallas and nashville and especially colorado so and winnipeg or um minnesota so i don't i don't know what their uh their outcome is here i put them somewhere near the bottom but not quite as low as uh arizona and chicago so um i guess the only other ones here Minnesota Wild, these are teams that we don't get to see much of, but I mean, they've got Marc-Andre Fleury for a full season now. They've got Kirill Kaprizov, who's an absolute knockout of a goal scorer. Um, what Do we see them making a challenge for uh, for the top of the division here with Colorado? Is Colorado going to take somewhat of a, a Tampa position and take it easy through the season? What do you guys think? Go ahead. Steph, go for it. <laughs> um, I think Minnesota only goes up from here. You know, they had their best regular season in team history last year. Our players on the team scored at least 10 goals, so they contribute all through the lineup. And Kirill the Thrill has just been leading the way. You know, first wild player to get 100 points. Flurry solid <laughs> in net. I'm really banking on Minnesota because I drafted Flurry in almost every league. <laughs> so a third, though in the division. Okay. Um, Sadi, what do you think about the Minnesotas? 
completely agree with everything Steph just said. I also have them placed third. Um, they have a really good team identity. They're also a really hard team to play against. And to her point on Flurry, I think he's just going to have maybe his last best year of his career. So this is one he's really, really want to have, especially with the stuff he's been going through the last couple of years. I think he's going to be incredibly reliable. And yeah, I have them third in the division. Yeah. I think it's crazy that Minnesota is able to put up this level of competitiveness while they're in the absolute cap hell that they've gotten themselves yes. into. <laughs> like the fact that they aren't a bottom feeder team and saying, fuck it, we're, go- we're going for Connor Bedard. And they actually have like a real competitive NHL team that is going to fight for this division is crazy. Yeah. Minnesota also has one of the cheapest first line centers. <laughs> I think he only makes like one point something mil and this guy puts up big, big numbers. So he really helps with that. Ryan Hartman. Hartman, right. Because Hartman, Kaprizov, and um, uh, what's his name? Um, I drafted him. Oh, my God. Zuccarello. Yeah. So... (laughs) (laughs) um, Jason Robertson has finally signed with the Dallas Stars and joined the team uh, along with uh, his cohorts, Rube Hintz and Joe Pavelski. Do we see Pavelski just continuing to somehow defy time and put up another, you know, 70 plus point season, whatever it was he did last year? Uh, Beaner, what do you think the Dallas Stars are this year? I think that they are in a surprisingly tough division. Um, If it wasn't for the fact that the top teams, pretty much all of them continued to get better or at least didn't make themselves any worse, I would think that they'd be pressing for probably second. Um, But any team that Peter DeBoer goes to, like I mentioned previously, like he just, something about him, the first couple years he's with a new team is just magic. He did it with the Devils. He did it with the Sharks. He did it with the Knights. Um, he's going to turn that team from a shut it down, rely on Ottinger to shut everybody out, and you know maybe get a goal here or there, to they're going to be a high-flying offense that's going to bury, and Robertson's going to explode. So I, I don't see Pavelski dropping off anytime soon. Okay, Steph. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Um, you know, I really hope Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan get it together. And I mean, splitting them up is a very good decision. I'm just looking at their uh, their lines right now. You have Sagan centering centering the second, and Jamie Ben, you know, left wing third line. So hopefully, Marchman brings some, you know. Funk to that second line and you have another rookie on his right Delandria but I think this team is just going to be first line heavy like I think they're going to be carrying the team throughout the season and that'll so uh, I'm not confident in Dallas okay okay um so that takes us over to the Nashville Predators who had Matt Duchesne see one of or if not his his definitely his best season ever. Um, Ryan Johansson returning from uh, injury and UC Saros becoming probably one of the top five goaltenders in the league. So somehow they can never really turn it into anything more than uh, a really good regular season. 
So do you see the Nashville Predators continuing status quo, or do you think they take a step forward and uh, actually challenge somebody in the playoffs here? Beaner, you can start us off. I see them as winning the division. Yeah. Really? They were a pesky team last year. They're, they haven't really lost much. Saros is finally out of Renee's shadow and able to prove that he is, like you said, one of the best in the league. Forsberg signed there long-term now, so you have the security of that. That's not hanging over their heads. They've got Tanner Janot, who's still young, feisty young guy who's just going to keep pounding people. They added Nino Niederreiter, who everybody seems to forget about. Yes, they did. Niederreiter is the perfect player for Nashville's system. He can score. He plays a heavy game. It's it's only going to help them maybe take a little pressure off of Duchesne and Johansson so they don't have to do what they did last year. Johansson so they don't have to do what they did last year. Um, and Colorado's not going to – I don't – like the Tampa effect, right? I don't think they're going to be trying to win the Preston Stroke or win the division or anything, just getting there. Yeah, just keep everybody healthy. And I, I think once you win the Cup, you don't have to prove anything in the regular season, especially the next season, so – I think it's uh, it's definitely Nashville's to challenge for us for sure. Uh, Sadi, I can't see you, but I'm going to toss it to you here. Anything on the Nashville Predators? I like their top four on defense: Yossi, Carrier, McDonough, and Ekholm. That's a nice oh, top four. These guys yeah. are going to be really hard to score against on the back end. So I think that is going to carry them to the top, yeah. if not to the top, very close to the top of the division. Um, they're not a team you want to play against. These guys are going to be really, really hard to play. All right, so uh, we have gone a little bit over here, so let's give our picks. We have the Colorado Avalanche left, um, but we all know what they have to bring to the table. <laughs> I mean, actually, let's touch on it quick, because they did they they lost some things here. Um, they lost Nazem Kadri, and they lost... Um, I mean, they don't have Darcy Kemper, whatever that really means for them. I don't think that's a massive uh, subtraction from the team. Burkowski. Yeah, I knew there was somebody I was forgetting, but um, they were also able to add some people like Lekkanen and... Um, oh, there was someone else they picked up I'm forgetting about. But anyway, they point have, being... Uh, Gorgiev and Frank in net now. Yeah, so do we think Alex Gorgiev is actually going to be able to be a starter on what is literally the Stanley Cup winning team of last season? Maybe, right? We saw Kemper come from Arizona and just kind of, you know, stole the show there, even though he did not put up good fantasy numbers to start the season. But hey, he won a cup at the end of the day, so... I don't see why not if they're stacked everywhere else. And, you know, the season starting off with Leniskog on IR and, you know, Arturi Lekkonen is filling in the role with no issues whatsoever. So now it's just a matter of a battle of that second line center spot. Yeah. And I mean, like I said a lot last season, I had Kemper and uh, Jack Campbell as my two goalies for fantasy. Their numbers were very similar when one had a rough night, the other one had an equally rough night so i mean i know kemper's numbers at the end of the season were much better than jack's but like the standout games where he was not good were like really standout so 
that just goes to show that the Colorado Colorado blah, 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 blah. that's just such a mouthful to say. The Avalanche don't really need elite goaltending to contend again. Just good goaltending. Just good goaltending, which is I please I pray where the Leafs are at. Uh, so to run down the numbers here, because again we just went a little bit over on the Central, which is the last division we should be going over on. Uh, Colorado first, Nashville second, Minnesota third, Dallas fourth, St. Louis fifth, Winnipeg sixth, Chicago seventh, Arizona eighth. What do you have, Southey? I've got Colorado first, Nashville, Minnesota, St. Louis, Dallas, Winnipeg, Chicago, and Arizona. Oh, very similar. Only one flipped. Steph, what about you? It's got to be Colorado, Nashville, Minnesota, St. Louis, Winnipeg, Dallas, then Arizona, and Chicago. I think they're going to tank for Bedard, guys. (laughs) No. (laughs) But like completely tank, like worse than Arizona. If they can get rid of Patrick Kane long before the trade deadline, then maybe, but honestly i think you can't just turn that guy off like as long as he's there there's somewhat of right like he's gonna score i know taves isn't what he used to be but like my god patrick kane is still gonna score i just i don't see like who is it travis boyd the first line center on (laughs) arizona like leafs legend yeah exactly come on i know and uh... so we lost beaner but uh hopefully he can come back here when we uh, get through the pacific he so. said nashville's gonna take the division so i find that uh really when good he... for my fantasy teams because i'm riding <laughs> juicy sorrows here and uh juicy <laughs> and um and uh yossi fuck what's with all these names juicy and yossi so and duchene he's a sneaky uh, high scoring pick late pick so let's go douche <laughs> Juice and douche. Yeah. Love it. Juice and douche. That should have been my team name. Juice and douche. Do it. Okay. So this has eaten about five minutes into the Pacific Division. So let's do this one quick. Yeah. So uh, bottom of this one, we got the Kraken and the Sharks. And uh, I mean, Anaheim's not looking great either. Mm -hmm. But they're looking better for the future than the Kraken and Sharks are. So, um... Also worth noting, um, the just before um, the Predators have a uh, a two win streak against the Sharks because of the European games they played. So uh, true. Currently, San Jose Sharks are in dead last, and uh, the National Predators are in first place. But <clears throat> that being said, what does a uh, what does the decent season look like for let's start with the San Jose Sharks. I mean, honestly, they've got so many awful contracts on that team. I don't know how long it's going to take before they can actually do a proper rebuild. I think they're kind of stuck with what they've got for now. Yeah. And I think it's the hurdle and mirror show, honestly, the rust, uh, <sighs> you know, Logan Couture. I think they're going to trade Meyer. Meyer. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't see them getting rid of their best player. Um, the rest of the lineup just weak. <laughs> like I don't know how else to describe it, but I guess um, other guys can now shine now that Brent Burns is not on the team. So you'll see a lot more use of Eric Carlson and Mario Ferraro. But I'm just looking at their cap friendly. I'm pretty sure. 
Yeah, so Timo Meyer's contract ends at the end of this year. So they, because of the stupid cap situation they're in, there's no way they're going to be able to give him the race. They're going to have to trade him. And honestly, it makes sense for them because they, like I said, they're not in a position right now to be rebuilding. Get a pick for him so that once you are in this position, you have somebody. Because honestly, for how good Meyer is, you can get probably a first round pick plus for him. So uh, do it while you can, guys. He's making $6 million. You're not going to be able to give him eight. He deserves, you know, eight plus. So Sharks need to do something to figure out how to keep star players on that team. I don't think they want to right now. I think it's going to be just like they got to kind of ride out the untradeables. Like they're not getting rid of the Mark Edward Velasic or the Logan Couture contracts or the, you know, the Carlson ones. Like they're stuck with these. So they just got to kind of ride out these years. And I think it's just smarter to accumulate draft picks for later down the road once these guys aren't on the team anymore. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, poor guy. So uh, Seattle Kraken, uh, do we see them taking a step forward this year? Hell yeah. They had awesome pickups this year. You know, they Bjork have to, Strand, right? Like um, last year was a literally abysmal. a clutch player for Columbus. And now they have that on their team. Barakovsky just winning that cup. I think Grubauer definitely bounces back as well. And, you know, the two rookie centers, Shane Wright and Matty Benier, like that kid had nine points in 10 games played last season. I think mm-hmm. he's just going to be a superstar in years to come. Yeah, I'm interested to see Shane Wright and Uras Lavkovsky both already be in the NHL this year. Like it, it's always interesting to see picks that are are expected to play in the NHL right out of the gate, you know. Because it's, do you see them as stars right away, or are they going to be, you know, developing in their first year in the NHL? Like, you know, it, it it'll be interesting. To right, watch will it. be. So, yeah, <laughs> Slavkovsky has looked a little slow, uh, but he'll be good. Also, Brandon Tanev, healthy. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see his new picture? That guy's fucking hilarious. <laughs> that guy's a beauty. So, a team that is in a better rebuilding position, the Anaheim Ducks. Um, I don't see them being fantastic this year, but I mean, anything is just development for these guys. Like it's just another year of experience for Terry and Zegris. And, but I mean, Terry's not that young, but I mean, they're McTavish and uh, who else they got, but Henrique Henrique. Yeah. So I think there's guys that'll be good soon. I just don't think this is their year yet. Look at their decor. Now you have Cam Fowler, John Klingberg, Kulikov, Drysdale, Belou, and uh, Shattenkirk. Shattenkirk. Like, <laughs> um, How the hell did they get Shattenkirk? Steph, <laughs> you missed the best name on the right? D-line. Euro Vakaninen. Who? <laughs> oh, he's not showing up for me. <laughs> Oh, he's out. He's injured. Yeah. Yes. Oh, what a name. What a mouthful. <laughs> I love uh, on Dallas, Yanni Hockenpah. What a name. Yeah. But just to mention of Dallas too, you know, Miro uh, Hiskinen, the now is the time to shine with John Klingberg now with the Ducks. So if you thought he had potential before, now he's going to really show it this year on PP1. Hell yeah. Great. Um, so I see Anaheim ending up ahead of the, ooh, I don't know if they're going to be ahead of the Kraken, but they're definitely ahead of the Sharks. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, I like the pickups in Vetrano and Strom, but I honestly don't think Vetrano is a first-line player and they have him on the first-line wing. Strom is meh. Like, New York won that trade, in my opinion. I'd take Trocek all day long over Strom. So, meh. Like, okay. Strom as so your first-line then... center is pretty tough. Yeah, second line. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. Serverberg kind of went downhill. Comtois kind of lost. Interesting one. No, I think he might have a little rec- uh, renaissance kid, too. Uh, Isaac Lundestrom. He's pretty good. He's very underrated. Nice. So moving on, we've got the Vegas Golden Knights, who had a very, very, very injury-riddled, unfortunate last season. Very similar to uh, Montreal and Ottawa. So um, now that they can start the season off with a healthy Jack Eichel and a healthy Mark Stone, they've lost Max Pacioretty, but so have the Carolina Hurricanes because he is not playing. <laughs> um, what, do, what do you guys want to see from the Vegas Golden Knights this year? I mean, they've challenged in the playoffs every season since they've come into the league until <clears throat> last year. So uh, do you see them getting back to form and being in the playoffs again, or is it going to be more struggles as they find their new stride with these new guys? I see them. Oh, sorry, go go for it. I see them making the playoffs this year. They got a pissed off Cassidy coaching them this year, which is uh, something I think is going to inject a little energy into them. They got Castle playing with Eichel on the first line, which is underrated because he looks really good right now. That guy lost some weight. He's been working out pretty hard. Stone, I think, will have a bigger year. Um, yeah, I think they got some decent depth, and I expect Petrangelo to have a much better year as well. Yeah, Petrangelo and Theodore both missed a ton of time last year too, so hopefully it's it's uh, what the Vegas Golden Knights are used to this year. And honestly, with, I, I see them taking the, uh, the fourth. I don't know. They're going to be fighting with the Canucks, I think, for that fourth spot. Yep. That's exactly so, where I have them third, fourth. So let's move on to Canucks. Uh, they also had a pretty slow start last year. Pedersen was not good to start the year off. And then it was kind of uh, injuries and unfortunate incidents downhill from there. So where do you see the Canucks finishing this year? Somebody start us off. Uh, Steph. You know... I have them above Vegas and I'm really disappointed with Vegas too. Just a final thought about Vegas because when the Eichel trade happened, this was supposed to be the ultimate top line, especially in fantasy. And then shit just hit the fan after Patches was <laughs> taken for nothing. And now we're left with, I don't know what, right? Like you have Marcia so on the third line right now with Leafs legend, Mike Adam- Adamio. So I don't know, but I think, Vancouver is pretty deep. Like you have JT Miller, Pedersen, and Bo Horvat on your top three lines. I can't believe JT Miller that. resigned after that whole fucking right? saga that we waited for. That's and the a nice new, top three. Yeah. yeah, and the new Kirill the Thrill, aka Kuzmenko, <laughs> is supposed to be very promising with the other winger Mikheyev on that second line. Um, Brock Besser, Tanner Pearson, like they have potential. It's just like they have an awesome goalie. Demko is an amazing goalie. Yeah. I mean, they have um, a superstar in Quinn Hughes. They just need a, I don't know what it is, but it's there. And yeah. I have them ranked in my third spot. 
Interesting. See, I think Ve- uh, I'm going to okay. go. Okay, so the mm, fuck. Let's just keep working through and then I'll tell you. L.A. Kings next. So L.A. Kings are one of the strangest, probably most underrated teams in the West, uh, just because they're they play such a strange style because everybody is so uh, defensively responsible that it is very hard to score on them. And they're very opportunistic. You've got Phil Deneau and Andre Kopitar and uh, Adrian Kempe that are like sneaky superstars out there. Like Phil Deneau all of a sudden goes from like, you know, he doesn't score, but he's really good and he's worth the money just for the fact that he can stop people from scoring. And then he goes out there and scores like 29 goals or something. Like it was crazy the turn that this guy had. So I think they could quietly push either the Canucks or Golden Knights out of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, from being third and fourth down to fourth and fifth. So what do you I think? I say they're Peter? definitely going to be third in the division. Um, Thank you. You have, wow. you have remnants from the cup winning teams with Kopitar, with Doughty, with Quick. You have some young kids coming in, Gabe Velarde. They've been raving about him for years. It's time for him to step up. Trevor Moore's been great since he went there. Arthur Kaliev, Ayafalo, Fiala's mm-hmm. in a new home, and who wouldn't want to ride shotgun to Kopitar? Byfield's just getting older and, and stronger and better. Like the team has pretty much a perfect mix of veterans and rookies. And you have the second coming of Drew Doughty with Brant Clark. A lot of people are sleeping on that kid back there on that defensive end. Yeah. And uh, Jonathan Quick won over the 1A spot once again over Cal Pedersen. So, he did. Yeah, it's they're strong. Like, this team used to be known as a really slow team. I don't know, in my opinion, anyways. And their roster, when you look at it today, damn, they look fast. Like, just having that one quick guy on each line and you still have that steadiness from your center. Like, Deneau, of course, he's one of the top centers in the league, not for points by any means, but like everything else and Kopitar man so many people sleep on that guy even in fantasy <laughs> he, you can get him in like with the 120th pick and still have an elite center so anyways they also produced my favorite soundbite of last year which is Snoop Dogg going that's my boy quick go get him quick <laughs> <laughs> I know I love it Snoop. oh my god okay so uh, that brings us to the last two the Canadian juggernauts the flames and the Oilers. Tough. So the Oilers uh, look pretty much the same as they did last year. There's not really any changes besides the fact that they have Jack Campbell as their starting goaltender. That's uh, a big correct change. me if I'm wrong, if there isn't anybody else significant that switched out there, but I think that's it. Um, it is a big change for them, but... I don't know if it matters much for this team. I think it, they're in a similar position as the Leafs were last year, where even if Jack has a sub 900 uh, save percentage, they're not going to be in an awful position. But this is the same team that went on a huge slide last year and was grilled by Edmonton media and uh, also gave us some great sound bites from <laughs> Mr. Drysaddle. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're so, looking at much of the same as last year, except a little more potent on the offense, if that's even possible because they have a Vander Kane for the whole season. Um, that's going to be a huge thing for them. It's just their defense for me. That's a huge issue. 
You got Cody yeah, Cece, I mean, Tyson Berry, Kulak, Evan Bouchard, yeah. who I don't really trust ever. Um, so they're really going to have to rely on Campbell to do a lot better job than the tending did last year. But if that's the case, I think they're just going to outscore every team. So yeah, That is a good plan. point that the Leafs had a better decor in front of Campbell than Edmonton does. I mean, it's the ex-Leafs in front of Campbell now <laughs> in uh, Barry and CeCe. And I mean, Darnell Nurse has been, I don't want to say Seth Jones level of uh, unfortunate too much money, but I mean, I don't know if he's really played up to that huge deal that he signed there yet. So, yeah, uh, Campbell's going to need some help. And uh, if your top I, four is Nurse, CC, Barry, and Kulak, that's not great. Yeah, yeah. So, but at the same time, McDavid's another year older uh, into what I mean. If you can call it another year of his prime or stepping into it. Like, this guy could score a shit ton of goals this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the biggest win is, you know, obviously people hate Evander Kane, but signing him to a four-year contract, 13 goals in 15 playoff games. Like, yeah. he, they only had him for the little bit of the end of the regular season. Now he's on McDavid's wing. Like, this guy's going to be crazy, crazy, like a fucking beast in this league, especially in fantasy. <laughs> So the biggest thing about that is it, Leon gets to play on the second line now too. So you don't have to put Connor and Leon together every day. Yeah. You can actually spread it out and that's going to make them a lot more dangerous on the top. And Holloway made the team. He was a rookie that had really yeah. high ceiling. So you have Holloway, Drysaddle, Hyman, Kane, McDavid, Pugliarvi. I know they're trying to get rid of Pugliarvi for some reason too. The, the bison. Maybe just- Yamamoto has a better year. Pulley RV is their Justin Hall. They blame him for all their problems. <laughs> they do. Um, but he's their Alex Kerfoot. He's just, oh, trade? We sh- So, okay, so here's the trade. So it's Jesse Pulley RV for. <laughs> See, Go I'm ahead, thinking Peter. the other way. Evander Kane came in last year basically on best behavior. He needed a contract, not only for the money, but to stay in the league. <laughs> I-, I think I he's going to destroy that locker room. I, I honestly do, because now he has the money, he has job security, he has the contract. He's going to be the asshole that we all know he is. And it's just going to deteriorate that locker room. Campbell's going to give him sub-900 goaltending, and the Edmonton media is going to just absolutely destroy him. They've only got the third worst defense of I mean, all the Canadian I teams, think... but it's still shit. That's a good point, actually, because Campbell, as we all know, rides very high on his emotions. And... uh we also know that Leon and Connor are not exactly the best in front of a camera and very susceptible to getting a little, a little pissy. pissed off. <laughs> so if you add a Vander Kane as an influence into the mix there, I don't know if that's yeah. good for those guys. What Beaner said is for sure true, but if if you're Kane, like you're playing with the best player maybe who's ever played the game. This is your last chance for sure. No other team's going to pick you up after this. You want to and... think he's going to make it work? <laughs> That's fair. Also, if the team is winning, trust me, that locker room is going to be good. Like if they if he helps this team win and bring good vibes to the locker room, like I'm not doubting it can't happen. Bean, I totally see where you're coming from. Of course, like this guy is history, but I think he's going to bring nothing but good things to this team. And that's a rare take coming from me. (laughs) Like just because he's such a great hockey player and I really think he'll push this team further consistently. Because he got paid, right, before with the Sharks. It wasn't about the money then. Like, I don't know. Like, what happened there? So. 
All right, and to move on, we've got Jonathan Huberto, Nazem Kadri, and the Calgary Flames. My favorite of the Pacific Division, personally. Just because I love what Daryl Sutter did to this team. I love that um, True Living has just solved his his issues in like the <laughs> blink of an eye. You know, his two stars leave and he goes, okay, okay, let me fix that. Like, not next summer, not a trade down. Like, let me fix that right now. <laughs> yeah. Because we just scored a shit ton last year and got everybody hyped up and we are not letting that go away. So I commend him for this. And they locked up Huberto. They locked up Uyghur. So that's a W in my books. Um, I think along with Lindholm, Manjapani is going to score a shit ton again. I like this team. I think Ekblad, like, man, come on. What's not to this like? This team is good. Not Ekblad, sorry. I've, Uyghur and... I'm, I was going to say, Florida I missed a blockbuster if Ekblad's on Calgary. Fuck, what's not Ekblad? Yeah. What's his name? Oh my god, I'm just blanking on it. Talking Hannafin? Anderson. Weger? Uh, yeah, Rasmus Anderson and Hannafin. Yeah, this team should succeed. I mean, their old second line center was Backlund, who had 39 points last year. Now they have Nazem Kadri leading the way on that second line. And if he's playing with Mangiapani and Blake Coleman, who's supposed to be popping off any fucking time yep, now. That's a disgusting line. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I really hope it works out for Tyler, Tyler Toffoli as well because he's on the first power play and the first line. So, you know, these guys who, you know, are super streaky, you know, one week they score 10 goals and then you won't hear from them. I'm hoping they stay consistent. Yeah, Manjapani was one of those last year where he'd score like yes. crazy for a couple weeks and then he disappeared. Ugh, yeah, after it was blank. Yeah, he was in the the scoring race and then just fell right out of it. Yeah, and Markstrom is the key to this team too. He has to stay healthy because it's only Dan Vladar Darth backing Vladar. him up. Yeah, it's more than a few teams in that position though. <laughs> yeah. So I see the Flames just honestly, I don't think they miss a step after last season. I think they're going to come out and be the powerhouse of the Pacific Division and uh, win the regular season Stanley Cup <laughs> there. No, they already won the offseason. They can't yeah. win that, too. <laughs> and I don't, I'm not saying... I know that sounds like I'm saying they're going to win the President's Trophy. I just think they're going to be, like, the ones that are the most consistent in the regular season. In the West, at least. So what's everyone's rank? I say, before we do that, Pacific. let's hear uh, Beaner's rank for the Central first. Oh, yes, we missed so, you here. Um... Sorry, we have Nashville winning the division. We have Colorado second. St. Louis third. Minnesota fourth. Dallas fifth. Winnipeg, Chicago, Arizona. And it's only, and it's going to be those top five that make the playoffs because no one out of the top three in the Pacific is going to make it. Both both wild there. cards are going to the central this okay, year. Okay, so so give us Ooh. your Pacific for then while we're so still the Pacific on will be Calgary, Edmonton, and LA. You don't think Vegas and Vancouver, Vancouver are gonna will be knocking uh, get in there? there? Vegas won't be there. Mark Stone has a bad back. Eichel's just the 
most unlucky player the NHL has seen in two or three decades. Come not back player of not the to year. mention as much Coming as I up. love Logan Thompson, they're relying on a goalie from Brock University. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say about Brock. <laughs> Uh, so I, for those of you that are listening that don't know what they say about Brock, if you can walk, you can go to Brock. Uh, so I've got Calgary, Edmonton, LA, uh, Vegas, Vancouver, Seattle, Anaheim, San Jose. Interesting. What about you, Steph? It was really hard between Edmonton and Calgary just because of that fucking fail in the playoffs, Calgary. Calgary and Edmonton. Edmonton and Calgary. Yeah, like, what happened there? Like, just so all of my faith in Calgary went down the fucking hill. So I put Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, and Mm. then it has to be L.A. And then... Uh, Vegas, Anaheim, San Jose. Ooh, down on Vegas, eh? Sadly, what about you? I think Calgary runs away with this division. I have them first. Edmonton, Vegas, huge comeback year. Vancouver, LA, San Jose, Seattle, and Anaheim in last. Sleeping on LA, bro. Oh, I forgot about Seattle. Um, Seventh. Maybe six. Is that pushing Sorry. somebody up or down? Pushing Vegas down. Ooh. I mean, significantly cool. better than last year. All right. So uh, let's go to the Metro. Oh, yeah. And we'll do this one a little quicker. So the shit team here, obviously, um, is the Philadelphia Flyers. Um. Along with, I mean, the Devils aren't great either, but Philadelphia Flyers are just abysmal right now. Um, Torts can only do so much with a team that's broken, like physically broken. Um, I, I'm i not expecting much from them. I don't think they're expecting much from themselves, uh, except for Torts. So, I don't know. Any any thoughts on the Flyers? I don't want to waste too much time on them. Sorry. They fucking suck. Yeah. They're, they're going to be, be absolutely garbage. They... They Absolutely purposefully brutal. brought in D'Angelo yeah. and praised him. And they kicked Oscar Lindblom out of the city after everything that went on when he went there with his cancer diagnosis and beating it and the, the rallying point that he was for that team in that city. Like they're Oh, but gritty. They're just Kevin Hayes and Scott Lawton <laughs> are your top two yeah. centers. That's garbage. Oh guys, gritty. Gritty though. That's what that's what our team is about now, is gritty. We yeah. live how, how long before Totorella hits him? At least they have him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Short amazing. Runner. Gritty comes over to the bench, gets up on his face, and Torch just fucking socks him. I totally hits him by gonna, Christmas. I think he's gonna grab his head and use it as like a whiteboard eraser in the room. Like, come here, <laughs> erasing all the plans off the board, and be like, okay, we're starting from scratch. Run 5K. They don't deserve <laughs> any more time. No, Torts is going to be the most entertaining part of that team this year. They're just, honestly, they're so bad, they're irrelevant. Uh, Devils. Yeah. JVR's washed. Dev- Nobody wanted JVR. So, mm-hmm. Devils, they've got Nico Heischer, who should be back soon. He's hurt, but uh, doesn't look like it's too bad. 
Um, I mean, they've they've got some promising young guys there. I just think they're still kind of deep in the we suck, but we're going to get better phase. They're a team who is a year away from being a year away. Yeah, they remind <laughs> me of like three, four years ago, Sens, like when they first started to say like, oh, we're going to we're going to get there in a couple of years. Nice collection of younger players, but I don't think they're going to do any damage mm. this year. No. Yeah, the biggest thing for them is picking up Andre Palat in the offseason. So I'm really hoping he uh, works out on that top line with Jack Hughes and top PP unit. But other than that, you know, Jesper Bratt is one of the leading guys there. Um, Thomas Tatar is still kicking yeah. around. You have Dawson Mercer as your second line center behind uh, Jack Hughes. They're going to so, be so mm, bad. Oh, boy. Also, Dougie line. Hamilton. Yeah, Dougie Hamilton's jaw is no longer broken, which it was broken majority of last season. So I think that will give them a bit of a boost. Jack yeah. Hughes gets eighty points this year. Whew. It doesn't matter if it's like eighty of the team's three hundred on the yeah, season. Someone's got to put him up, I guess. Oh yeah, but he's he's still breaking out. He's getting eighty this year. He's a beast. They have Vanacek and Net Blackwood. Yeah, yeah. I just I don't expect much out of them. Nope. Uh, mm-hmm. Next up, I'm expecting better than last year from the Islanders, though, because they actually are starting in a home arena. They're not starting on the road for what was it, two or three months? That was brutal for them. They were bad, but mm-hmm. at the same time, they are still the Lou Lamorello Islanders. They still have Anders Lee and um, Brock Nelson and company who are Is just crazy. Ugh, slow and boring. Yeah. Barzell signed this this offseason, so there's a lock. But other than that, you know, they have some pretty solid goaltending for a pretty shit team. I hate the Islanders. It's so boring to <laughs> when watch, I man. look at this Pretty roster. good goaltending for a shit team is exactly right. Uh, like Ilya Sorokin. Like still taking him in the third and fourth round in fantasy i'm like guys what the fuck are you doing like <laughs> i don't know it doesn't make sense to he's me, good but, but he can't score goals yeah i don't know sorry if you guys took him <laughs> oh man on to uh because you know not much else on the islanders i just i would like to see barzal play um not like the rest of the team this year that would be interesting so mm-hmm. Penguins and Capitals. Let's start with the Penguins. Gino resigns and is doing uh, a couple more years with Sid and Gensel and uh, Raquel. I don't know. I, I don't have anything bad or outstanding to say about Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh and, and Washington have kind of been status quo, just always competitive. But, you know, they're not there's nothing new and crazy to watch for there they're just always going to be good as long as Ovechkin and Crosby are on the teams so I don't last know, do dance. you see anything is it it's for Pittsburgh though like I mean Gino signed for four years just another iteration of what's always been going on with these guys it's Crosby it's Malkin right you got Gensel they're doing yeah. good you know they're going to be pretty solid but they're nothing special this year I think just middle of the road full year of yeah. Ricky Malkin True. Mm, that'd be good. Um, we, I think the Pens, bottom six, 
really needs to step up because you know Malkin or Crosby is out for a little chunk of time with injury. Sid missed the first 12 out of 13 games last year, and Malkin was on and off IR like crazy. It was very frustrating as a fan. Who's going to do it, though? Like, you got think, Jeff Carter and Kappen in. There's yeah, like, really um, to step up. Brian Rust. Uh, Jeff Petrie is the biggest pickup for this team in the offseason. He'll so. be good there, says a lot. I think. He's going to have a sneaky but, great year. I grabbed him yeah, in some I fantasy agree. leagues just because of, yeah. uh, you know, bigger role there. M- Mike mm. Sullivan is a wizard. Like, he's basically Gandalf. If Crosby great or coach. Malkin, <laughs> if Crosby or Malkin goes down, the rest of the team plays better. It's like right? that, that, that mindset that you think every team should have, like, oh, shit, our best player is gone. We all need to pull up our socks. They actually do it. They don't just say it. Hey, the Leafs are really good when Matthews isn't in the lineup. <laughs> well, last year with cr- all the injury, the Pens still made the playoffs. Yeah. Like they still get it done. They so I never count year. them out. Yeah. Jari's been great too. And I hope he has a great season. You know what you're getting from leagues. them. <laughs> no, probably they're making it. Yeah, I, I agree. The Caps though. Backstrom's still out. Wilson is out. Haglin is out. Um, you know, it really depends how Kemper's going to click with this new team. And Connor Brown is filling in on the top line. <laughs> Unreal. So, and we have Dylan Strom also competing for a second line spot. I this league don't... this year looks like after you've played NHL for a, a couple seasons and players are just on like random teams that they shouldn't be on. That's what it feels like right now. Like so many not, yeah. I mean, some huge names, but a lot of like higher profile names have just been moved around to completely fucking random teams. Yeah, the centers are pretty interesting. You got Kuznetsov, Strom, Lars Eller, Nick Dowd. Like, that's not terrible. The wingers are where their strengths are. They got Ovechkin. Brown's not too bad. Marcus Johansson could have a better year. Connor Sheary on a fourth line or third. That's not terrible. Anthony Mantha. Hmm. Yeah, they're getting older, but you can't count them out either, in my opinion. Uh, last year, they started the season 17-5-6 without Backstrom. So Pittsburgh. I think they're another team that Pittsburgh's the done. oldest team in the league, by the way. Kind of the same boat as Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what you're getting with them. They're just I don't think they're as good as Pittsburgh, but, you know, same yeah. same area code. One sec. I just want to pull this up. I did have a list from... Uh... Here, the oldest teams. Pittsburgh is number one. Washington Capitals are number two. Boom. Average age on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Anyone want to take a stab at it? 29. Retired. (laughs) 30.3. You were all very close. 30.3. The uh, Buffalo Sabres are the youngest at 25 average. That's young. Wow. So uh, Craig Anderson really bumping up that <laughs> that average there. Yeah. While I'm looking at the list, uh, speaking of a couple people bumping up the average, guess where the Leafs are at? Average age? 20. They're, 20 well, I don't know what their average is, but they're number four on the list. For old team? Really? Yeah, they're the fourth oldest team behind only Washington, Pittsburgh, and Tampa. Huh. 39-year-old Gio yeah. will have a lot to do with that. Yeah, I'm just surprised that with losing Spezza, we're still there. But I don't know if they're taking like Simmons, Simmons. and Ben, who are in the minors, mm-hmm. into account. Simmons, still Ben, and Clifford yeah. probably count towards exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So because yeah, our young boys are men now. 
Uh, next one up, let's go to the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are always um, uh, underperforming, I guess, is the best way to put it. Like, I mean, ever since the Line A Dubois trade, it's been like waiting for one of them to get good. And Line A has just kind of been good, but not like franchise changing for them. So, I mean, I think that was kind of the only plan they had, and it's not worked out. So... What do you guys see the Columbus Blue Jackets becoming this year? I think their first line is going to be pretty deadly. Johnny Goudreau, Boone Jenner, and Patrick Lonnie. I expect Lonnie to have a much better year. His scoring percentage should go up a lot. But then it really falls off for me. You got yeah, Zach Lorensky on defense and stuff. But after that, I don't know. That's a pretty The addition team. of Goudreau is obviously massive. I mean, it's going to really i almost forgot about that for a second but um it's gonna really help line a out but yeah like you said it drops off completely after that and this is why everyone questioned why Gaudreau went there because you know is is he alone gonna change this with uh with boone jenner and patrick line <laughs> i don't know nope steph what do you think um this team is gonna be one of those top heavy teams i mean cole Sl- Sillinger is an up-and-coming name that's supposed to be, you know, having a great season this year. Sean Corrali, you know, their bottom six is pretty heavy. Uh, You have Jacob Voracek on the right wing, line two, who's good for a ton of assists. Yeah, you got like 51 Um, last year or something. Yeah. Uh, Werwenski, to me, has not paid up to his, played up to his contract yet. You know, 9.5 something a year. (laughs) I thought that was one of the overpayments last offseason. Isn't it weird that all three or four of those guys that signed those deals at the same time have all been mediocre? Yeah. I'm rooting for Elvis always. Elvis is a great goalie, in my opinion. Um, He gets the job done. So always rooting for that guy. Tarasov is backing him up. Uh, I don't know. Middle, middle, bottom of the pack still, even with the high scoring. Yeah, when's Jonas back? Because I know he's hurt, right? Not too sure. Well, Elvis will have to start the year off. Uh, Beaner, what do you think of the uh, CBJs? Basically the same thing. Like they're going to be kind of a middling team with a, a high-end first line, but they've got a lot of kids to look out for as well. Um, Justin Danforth, um, Igor Chinikov, Liam Foodie was just a rocket for the London Knights. That guy can just fly. Kent Johnson was great for University of Michigan. Like all these young kids coming up. So we're here saying that, yeah, you know, they're going to be a middling team, but all it takes is for a couple of these guys to hit it off and they could be battling for a playoff spot. Very yeah. good point. They could uh, turn themselves into the St. Louis Blues where they got a bunch of random 20-goal scorers keeping them in there. Um, and and, and so, another great name on defense, Nick Blankenberg. <laughs> such a defensive <laughs> name. Oh, my God. They're going to miss Borkstrand for sure. Uh, Bjorkstrand really helped that team last or always, right? So I think that's a huge hole for them. But well, I think with the, hey, emergence, the emergence of someone like Cole Sillinger, it gave them the opportunity to move on from him, right? without having to pay him. Yeah. Nyquist needs to step up. This bottom six really needs to step up. You know, like Nyquist can put up some good numbers. Uh, He used to have good numbers, but now it's kind of like, we'll see. So last two on the Metro division, we're going to say these are probably the top two teams, Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Rangers. Let's start 
with the Carolina Hurricanes. So the Brindamore boys who were just absolutely unbeatable last year. Uh, what do we see from them? We've got Frederick Anderson returning in net. Um, I mean, who do, they got Pacioretty, but he's not playing. Who else? Oh, they got Brent Burns. Andre Kasha. Andre Kasha, who will probably play uh, as many games as Max Pacioretty this year. Man, <laughs> those two guys on the same Paul team. Seth, what yeah. do you... Pacioretty and Kosh on the same team. I hope you have a good medical staff. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Well, good riddance because Kashe didn't want to re-sign with Toronto. Fucking so, bye. Like, this <laughs> I don't team know what is, else to say. They're so deep, though. Like, if you look at their top four lines, they're dirty. Jordan Stahl, Paul Stastny, Jesper Fast as your third line. That's really, Ew. really good. Big opportunity for Niemi. Um, maybe this third overall pick from uh, 2018 will actually make a big impact this year. There's all of the opportunity there. And then you have that sneaky pick um, for fantasy anyways, Seth Jarvis, first line and first power play unit. Yes. Um, he's supposed to be really good. But hey, you can never go wrong with Brent Burns. I mean, last year on a shit Sharks team, he still had uh, 53 points in 68 games played and he doesn't miss a beat. Like he doesn't take long periods of time off. He shoots a ton. Like I think he's perfect for this team and now there's no other defender overshadowing him like like an Eric Carlson. Yeah, and especially with Tony D'Angelo not in Carolina anymore, I think it's a it's really good replacement for them. And Sebastian Ajo, man. Oh, Beaner, go for it. Yeah, well, I was going to say Ajo, too. He is just an incredible player. But this is going to be the, the year of the Svetch. Svechnikov is going to go off this year. 22 years old. Yeah, like, the yeah. kid's just entering his prime. Yeah. He's a beast of a man. Like, it, it, you said it, Sully. This team is absolutely loaded. Teravine and Svechnikov. Marty Nietzsche has shown us in the past that he can do mm-hmm. it. He had a little bit of an off year last year. Like it's it's loaded. Aho and Svetch are going off this year. They're kind of like the Edmonton of the East. These guys are going to outscore you every night. So if Frederick Anderson can provide some at least quality goaltending, they're going to be in every game they play. And oh, if Freddie, he gets hurt, they're fucked. Freddie will provide all star goaltending until the playoffs, <laughs> or until he go. gets hurt. My. Yeah, my biggest concerns is that, you know, Trocek, you have that gap on line two center now. I hope someone can fill that role. I don't know if they're going to put Yemi. Stahl up there or Statsny. What if he doesn't pan out, though? You know, like there's always been so many promises tied with this guy. That's true. And then injury. But Brindamore's always like, been good about spreading his lines out, right? If you can roll out a, yeah. a three and four C of Stahl and Stastny behind Kotkaniemi, yeah. like you're laughing. And Derek Steppen as your fourth line center, that's pretty nice, oh. too. Yeah, no, I have uh, high hopes. I really hope Freddie stays healthy and they're 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 set. He will until March. Kind of don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one up: the big bad New York Rangers, who just oh my god! So these guys are, they fucking are good. Playing the first game of their season right now against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they just won it three to one. Mika Zibanejad scoring two goals on nine shots on goal with a power play point. I know that because he's on my fantasy team. Let's fucking go! My God, um, these guys are good. Woo. So the New York Rangers have the best goaltender. Um, out, I would say the best goaltender in the Metro. Um, it's hard to say best in the East with Andre Vasilevsky, but probably one of 
top three in the league. Top two in the world, yep. Yeah. So they've also then got Capocaco, Artemi Panarin, uh, Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider. Like, Are we sleeping I mean, on Lafreniere too? This guy's well, going to blow up this year. Lafreniere is going to have a, a finally, hopefully, a good season. Um, honestly, like I, I think an Adam Fox, like what? This team is insanely good. I don't know. You're missing their secret weapon this year. Who dis? Vitaly Kravtsov. <laughs> they finally brought him over. Oh yeah. Yes. Not to mention Truba should yes. have a really big bounce back here. Oh yeah, the captain. Also signing Trocheck to seven times five point six two five. They're really locked this guy in, and now yeah. finally the breadman Panarin has a reliable center to play with and someone who can actually play in front of the net on PP one. Yeah, because that's to replace so Ryan Strom, I believe. Yeah, it was Ryan Strom, and he he like he was spotty but you know Trocek is solid and he has great experience from the canes and i'm really excited for this power play unit to click Oof. but um also they signed halak as their backup but because they got rid of gorgiev so the one one year 1.55 mil can we talk halak about their made his line too for a second like ryan reeves uh barclay goudreau and ryan carpenter that's a fucking hard line to play against Halak has, Halak has no New York. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, um, oh my God! I'm forgetting the. Just cut me out. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy VC just signed a one-year deal with New York Rangers. I think that's kind of a fail on their part. But hey, allegiance uh, is the word I was thinking as of. As a third liner, maybe he'll fit in. Like like Gallant's maybe. a really good coach. I think you can find a role for him yeah i love schneider on the third defensive pair as well yes. he's a heavy hitter from la and me too yeah i was trying to say halak has no allegiance to any new york team because he's now played for both he's also played for the canadians yes. he's been all around the east man it's crazy <laughs> he's the ultimate league jumper or uh, great back jumper he's been all over yeah and he Good and guy. but back and forth between backup and starter depending on where he is it's crazy also, one one last thing. They also signed Deming two years, seven hundred seventy-five k. Yeah, as the true. backup backup. That's a really good depth goaltending signing. Okay, so let's finish it off. Where do you put them? Because I have the New York Rangers finishing first, the Metro, followed by Carolina, then Washington, Pittsburgh, the Islanders, Columbus, Jersey, and Philly. Hmm. Sadiq, go for it. Almost the same. I got Rangers, Carolina, but I have Pittsburgh finishing ahead of Washington, then the Islanders, Columbus, New Jersey, and Philly. See, and I almost switched those two. We would have had the same. We've been very similar through these. Uh, Steph, go ahead. It's tough between Carolina and New York because the goaltending injury problems worry me with Carolina, but Rance has been good, so... I'm going to take Carolina first, wow. New York, and then Pittsburgh, Washington, Columbus, New Jersey, Philly. Or, sorry, New York Islanders, Philly. Oh, you have the Islanders seventh? That's so brutal. 
I, it's, yeah, I, they're fucking horrible. They're not that bad. They're just boring. At least they uh, have that GM's they, getting fired this year. They maybe you think you think Lou's gone? Yep. By the end of the season, he's gone. He should be. I mean, this team has achieved like I mean, okay, I kind a couple of years ago that. they were fantastic, and they made it almost it's all the way. So late, he should have been gone like at the start of last year. His management of the cap is so bad. Like he he's not a, a cap era GM by any means. Oh, Beaner, what do you got? I have Carolina, the Rangers, Pittsburgh, Washington, Devils, Columbus, Islanders, and Philadelphia. Thank you. Oh, boy. (laughs) Okay. Wow. All right, so yeah. moving on to the Piesta de Resistance, the thing that uh, we all are here for, the Atlantic Division, where our Toronto Maple Leafs are going to be battling this season starting tomorrow. All right, Ooh. so Boston Bruins. They are in an interesting predicament. Uh, they are probably the most run it back. Uh, I mean, I would punt them in with like Washington and Pittsburgh, where it's kind of the same thing we've seen the last couple of years with a couple new additions. I I don't really know what to expect of the Bruins this year because these guys are good, but they're injured and they're older. It's it's tough to say that this is the year that these guys are going to fall off, but I mean, they're still the Boston Bruins. What do you guys think? I think this is the year before their transition year. They're going to run it back one more time, like you said. They're the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Washington Capitals. You know what you're going to get with them. They're going to contend for a playoff spot, but I don't expect anything more than that from them. I think they're uh, they're a wounded team on the downslide. Yeah. I mean, if they get uh, Mike Riley, Wagner, and Felino uh, picked up off the, you know, if they're claimed, that's 8.15 mil that they have to clear. So I, I'm just shocked that they even waived Mike Riley. I thought... They really liked that guy coming from Ottawa. Um, You know, uh, it's really hard. It's one of those teams you can't count out because they find a way to get it done. You cut the loose change like Nick Foligno's not just fucking around anymore. (laughs) Uh, David Creechie is actually racking up points in the preseason. Uh, It's just a matter of that top six clicking too. Like they can't just put it all on the top two lines in my opinion because Marshan, you got to wait till end of November, beginning of December. And that's a good point. Like the question marks, what are you getting out of Taylor Hall? What are you getting out of Marshall when he comes back? Patrice Bergeron's a year away from retiring probably. So I think the only one that's really a lock to be as good as he was last year is pasta. And yeah. And yeah, honestly, even mm-hmm. then how much of that relies on the guys around him being up to par as well. So a lot. He'll be good in his last year as a Bruin. <laughs> <laughs> So subtle with those. I you heard it, it here first. Yeah. And Boston's finishing fifth in the division. I I think the, the biggest thing for them is going to be defense and goaltending. I mean, Swayman and Allmark are not what the Bruins are really used to having on the back end, and with especially this core in front of them. So, yeah, and with yeah. so many question marks up front, like they need good goaltending to be really competitive this year, and they. Just, that's a huge question mark right now. Not to mention, I think a lot of people are discounting the fact that Cassidy's a good coach. 
he's not coaching he's, he's gone no i know but that's when oh. he's gone <laughs> yeah mm. right so that yeah. structure that that team has had for how long was he there five six years yeah that's why i'm so high on vegas yeah um i'm they they should be really glad that they got Hampus Lindholm when they did because now this defense so that they were able to put him looking. on injured reserve last year. <laughs> well, yeah, McAvoy starting off the year on IR, so it's like you waived Mike Riley. Who do you have left? Carlo, Forbot, Clifton, Zabral, and and who else? <laughs> like that's what? that's not a very strong back end. No. Yeah. I'm glad I did my fantasy stack last year with Pasta and Bergeron because this year I was not touching that. Nope. All right. So Buffalo Sabres. See, as one team falls, another starts to rise. And I don't know if this is the year that it's going to be the Sabres. I think there's a couple more pieces they need, uh, like a goalie. I don't think Ukapekalukanen is the thing to take them over the hump here of rebuilding <laughs> but i do love that uh alex tuck has been a great fit there yep. and um i mean should have been the captain golofson and <laughs> thompson and skinner's resurgence has been awesome to see because i mean as fun as it is to rag on the buffalo sabers it's unfortunate when any player signs a big contract and they just can't live up to it because you know you don't like to see people getting in their head about things like it's one thing to be uh competitive on the ice and keep things within the sport but when it starts getting into people's like mental health because people are ragging on them on every social media platform because they're shit like jeff skitter was getting i just felt bad for him (laughs) so i'm glad he's starting to score again and uh the team is improving and who'd have thought all they had to do was get rid of their captain so this is another team really that's hope. a year away from being a year away. Yeah. Their forwards are pretty nice, but you can tell they're definitely building from their blue line out. Like Dalene, Owen Bauer, Matias Samuelson. That's a great top three. Even Labushkin this year too. That's a pretty tough D to play against. Boosh. Yeah, I'm really hoping I hear party in the USA multiple times <laughs> because I had to take Jeff Skinner with my last draft pick in a lot of leagues. <laughs> so Had to, as uh, if there weren't 280 other players available. Not 280 other players who average over 250 shots a year. That's a thing. And 30 plus goals. See? So, yeah. So don't hate Hoping he's consistent. <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest thing is going to be just staying consistent for that team honestly like they weren't this good at the beginning of the year they kind of found it part way through they got into their stride and their click uh, if they can do that for 82 games it's going to be a pain in the ass for everybody else in the atlantic they're not going to be easy points like they have been in the last decade the big uh, question mark is for... their centers are like tage thompson casey middlestat dylan cousins that's i mean thompson's <laughs> yeah. do you really know what you're getting out of there them? no but I think one year of tuck. They're okay yes. with that in Buffalo. I think that's kind of yeah. That's why they're, they're signing on for your way. Exactly, um, yeah. and they're going to be the Leafs every time. Like your goddamn tongue. Not anymore. We're breaking the curse. Agreed. Ugh. All right, let's not spend too much time on this one. The Detroit no. Red Wings. Hey, there's a lot to look forward to. For the Detroit Red Red Wings. Yeah, they got more at Cider and 
a whole Lucas new Raymond. second line. Yeah. Well, you have a healthy Verona. You have an Andrew Kopp and a David Perron. I forgot on Andrew Kopp line. and David Perron went there. Jesus. <laughs> yes. David Perron. A couple names a I'm also. Zadina could have a bigger year too. Gambling on. And a Ben Girot. <laughs> the one thing about yeah, this team is Steve Eisenman factor. This guy knows how to build a team. Look what he did in Tampa Bay, and he's slowly doing it here too. It's just going to take them a bit more time. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be a year of impact for them. No. Puso and Ned? Come on, guys. This is the ultimate rookie goalie tandem. I know they're not, Ned's not a rookie anymore, but Huso and Ned, like youngest, best tandem, in my opinion. But. Okay. Um, That's it for the Red Wings. Moving on. Sorry, I'm just (laughs) typing up my picks here. Um, okay, what is there? Honestly, I mean, Lucas Raymond and Mordside are the most exciting things there. The other guys, Perone and Verona, sure, they're gonna score 25 goals each. Great, exciting, cool. They're still gonna lose like half their games, they're gonna let in 10 goals a game again. My so guy is Adina. Perron. I think he's yeah. a pretty Adam good year. Ernie, guys. Adam <laughs> Ernie is solid <laughs> we're just naming players now is that the game dominic yeah. kubelik pious Suter. they've got some guys some younger guys with skill yeah moving on okay there's gonna Next be two teams is, below uh, them in the standings so yeah sorry i'm just trying to figure out who to put in fourth place in the atlantic here uh next up is the florida panthers i already so, told you boston uh, Wait, no, so the, the florida panthers made the addition of bringing in matt kachuk uh, but they also lost Huberto and Uyghur. So what do you guys think? Do you think it's a step up? Do you think it's the same? Do you think it's a step back? What do the Florida Panthers do this year? Beaner? They're gonna what be was really up good. with the... I... Sorry, Bean. No, it's okay. I think it's definitely a step back. Yeah. Because not only did you lose the offense from Huberto, okay, yeah, you replaced him with Kachuk, but... I think a lot of Kachuk's offense had to do with that line that he was on, the best line in hockey. Like, he's not going to be able to... Yes, Barkov's an amazing center and very underrated, but he's not. I don't think he's going to be able to provide Kachuk with the same opportunities that he saw with Lindholm and Goudreau. And then on top Mm -hmm. of that, you lost Mackenzie Weger as well. That's a big loss. Mm -hmm. You lost Mason Marchman went to Dallas. Like... The team yep. is a shell of what they were last year. They gave up all their draft picks to get Ben Sherratt and Claude Giroux, and they're both gone. Their goaltending is going to be so yeah. good, though. If it wasn't for I, the I fact that... I think Spencer Knight is going to be amazing. He will in a couple years. I, I, I think like, he takes a huge step this year. If it wasn't for the fact that the Atlantic is so feast or famine, I would have had them out of the playoffs this year. Really? Because I, th- well, I think they fall off that bad. Wow. Really? Wow. Shit, dude. Well, they lost Akari, Mammon, Chirot, Giroux, Uyghur, Huberto. I mean, you, reuni- you reunite Kachuk with Sam Bennett. So it's like, mm, yeah. do you guys like each other? They uh, acquired uh, Colin White. Remember we talked about him in the offseason? You guys were like, oh, let's pick up Colin White. I'm like, fuck Colin White, guys. Like, <laughs> why are you White. even interested you in at, Colin White look right at now? Line. Patrick Hornvist. Eric Stahl and Colin White. That's a throwback. Wow. Duclair 
is on IR. He's injured. You have Hornquist on the second line once again. Uh, last year, the team was too deep. He couldn't get past the third line. So, just yeah. just look at their defense core. Like yeah, you have, no, Ek- I, Mark you have Ekblad. I definitely agree they're falling back, but they still have stars. It's just it is a competitive division. So. I still, mm-hmm. they're going to be better than the Canadians. They're better than the Sens. They're better than the Sabres. They're better than the Bruins. They're better than the Red Wings. So, like, that, that's they're right. trying to get division for sure. They're still top three, but only because the division's so feast or famine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think their goaltending yeah. is going to carry them. Definitely. And they have, you know, Sam Reinhart, who at the time was the best player on Buffalo, uh, not including Eichel, who was yeah. injured. Um, like they can click that top st- six is still great. Verhage is super sneaky. Bennett, like, I think the guy had a full season with him. Um, yeah, I think they're gonna score a shit ton of yeah. goals again, guys. They were unstoppable last year. They scored the most goals yeah. they ever had. They had the most points. Like I know that Duclair was a on lot IRs. on Huberto, but like yeah. I, I think they're gonna be okay, especially because, like we said, there's a lot of meh teams in the Atlantic this year. And let's move They'll on to one okay. of those meh teams. In the Montreal Canadiens, the Montreal Canadiens, <laughs> the Mets team. <laughs> so, the um, they were not good in preseason at all. They lost all their games, I think. Uh, Slakovsky was okay. Um, I don't know what to think of this team, man. Like Saint Louis, obviously unlocked something in Caulfield and in Suzuki. He's great with the young guys. It's going to be another, like Beaner's been saying, they're a year away from a year away right now. It seems like it's it's just putting pieces together. They just opened. They just opened the box and dumped the puzzle pieces out onto the floor. Like they're still putting it together. Mm -hmm. I think the forward group has promise. I mean, you look at some of these names and. they're supposed to be putting up great numbers. Like Christian Devorak was one of the leading players in Arizona and also Marner's teammate not hard the to London that, Knights. You know, Gallagher is always spicy. Like, Gallagher, who was just slighted for the captaincy, who might not be as uh, all in on this team as he was last year. Just saying. Yeah. You also yeah. have Joey, or uh, what's his name? Not Joey Anderson. The... Josh Anderson. Josh Anderson, the other one. Um, Josh Anderson, who's like the most inconsistent player yeah. ever. Yeah. Like Kirby Doc. Yeah. Hey, if Doc breaks out and finally becomes the player he should be and scores like 30 goals, then I don't know. Maybe, but none of that matters because their defense is by far, and I mean by far, the worst in the league. Like these guys, and their goaltending shit too. Brutal. Like you're just gonna break through them like nothing. And if Jake Allen doesn't have a good year, and if Keith Primo can't come up, or sorry, not Keith Primo, the other Primo, um, K- yeah, Caden, Caden, huge, huge trouble. Caden, sorry. And uh, what's Sam Montembeau? Wideman anchoring the PowerPoint or the power play. Oh my god. I just, they're not good. They're not going to be good. And it's unfortunate because um, I like when they're good at the same time as the Leafs because it's interesting to watch the games and cheer for it instead of just being like, oh, great, we're playing in Montreal. It's going to be like 5-1, fun. Like, I'm almost <laughs> surprised that they put Slavovsky in their lineup this year. I would have put him in the game. He's too, 18 man. years old. He's massive. Let that guy grow into his body and figure out the North American game. I think he's... 
I don't know. This is something that really can set back his development. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look at all the guys that Buffalo rushed onto the team and how exactly. they didn't develop at all. Ooh, look, at, look at what the Habs did with Kakanyemi and Galchenyuk. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. They, they yeah. have a pattern of yeah. doing this. Yeah. Uh, next up on our list is uh, about an hour and a half drive away here to Ottawa. So the Sens had a very, very, very big thing happen that was out of their hands in Eugene Melnick's passing, which has in turn caused a basically 180 shift in how this organization's run and uh, put the NOS to their rebuild. So they now have a lot of pieces that um, like Alex DeBrinkett, who's going to uh, probably score 35, 40 goals with these guys. Uh, they've got a really good young core in Stutzla and Norris um, Kachuk. and Kachuk. Um, th- the only real question for them is like, I mean, Cam Talbot was supposed to be the goaltender to kind of start to bring this together. And now he's hurt for foreseeably a couple, two, three months. Huge and Anton problem. Forsberg is now number one. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Forsberg was okay last year, but I don't know if he's going to be able to start them off uh, with a positive record. The only person I'm excited about in the bottom six is Tyler Mott. The rest is meh. Like, you have Shane Pinto, Matthew Joseph, Parker Kelly, Kastelik, and Austin Watson. I don't know. The top six is just brutal for me. Or bottom six. <sighs> And the D is horrible outside of Shabbat. Like, who else do you yeah. have? Zaitsev, you got Travis Hamannick on your top two. Oh, God, yeah. Brandstrom. Zaitsev really still? Packed up yeah, the Zaitsev offensive stuff. Yeah. Offensively, they seem good, but the rest is just broken, in my opinion. I think it's let these kids develop while you're riding out the Zaitsev deal and the whatever else they're locked into back there. And you can find somebody else to, to start to fill in around Shabbat because I mean, really he's, he's the, the anchor back there. He's the only good defenseman they have. So I think it's, it's just going to be a matter of years before they can put something together, but it sucks for all these guys um, on the forward line that are, are just so good. And I mean, I know you mentioned Pint, yeah, Giroux's there now too. Um, but you mentioned Pinto and uh, Watson, who I know they're kind of meh, but I know everybody in Ottawa here seems to be pretty okay. optimistic about them. So okay. their names come up a lot. Yeah, fair. But I just, yeah. I see they're them garbage. in a, they're, yeah, they're in a similar situation as Buffalo. Yeah, competition's tough in this division. Top heavy, you also- quick fall off. You also forgot they're banking a lot on the rookie defenseman Jake Sanderson coming Sanderson in. Sanderson too, yeah. True. Yes. And Artem Zub, is he still there or did they move on from him? No, he's still there. I like okay. him. Zub. 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 <laughs> His player uh, chat was always fun. Next up, we've got the Tampa Bay Lightning. So they seem to just kind of keep running back most of the same team, but shedding a couple pieces that they can't afford and finding new ones. But they were able to add Brendan Hagel and uh, moved on from Ryan McDonough. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's not that much that's different here, though. Otherwise, I think they're going to go for Plat- it. Plat- I think gone. losing losing McDonough is going to be a lot bigger of a blow than I think they realize. I completely agree. 
Because you can't just like losing Barkley Goudreau, Blake Coleman, uh, Yanni Gord, Andre Palat. Yes, great players. They've done a lot for that team. They're replaceable. Losing Ryan McDonough, he's not replaceable. You don't think yes, uh, Sergeyev? Hey, there. <laughs> oh, Sergeyev's he, he needs beauty, to but... he needs to step it up, but yeah. he's not. He's not. Now's McDonough. the time. Yeah. If there's any other time, it's now because he's the second guy up, in my opinion. Um, Ian Cole is under investigation right now, so mm. he's not oh, playing. God. You have Eric Cernak and Cal Foot, and then Philip Myers got waived. So, because yeah. Cal Foot's got to be the guy who's supposed to replace McDonough, and that's not even close. No, no. Yeah. The good thing they did in the offseason was sign Nick Paul seven times 3.15. That's a massive win for them. Um, and he can play center because he did that when Point was out for three quarters of the playoffs. But other than that, it looks like they just ran it back with some subtractions. Like they didn't really get anyone in return. That, like Sorelli's there's, injured. There's too. a winning mindset there. Like they're. Uh, that core knows that they can do it and that's a confidence that you can't trade for yeah. and you can't draft like they know that they're capable of doing it and they're another capable of doing it twice in a row so mm. most of that group is still there and i think that means more than uh, it's given credit for it like even though they have lost a couple key pieces of that team second go for nemestikov second time around the team he got uh signed in the offseason as well and yeah and cory perry i know still it's around. been <laughs> <laughs> and i know it's been said on other shows but um they are really 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 counting on vasilevsky never getting injured eh? yeah or it's brian elliott yeah like they have no backup plan to that and i get it like you know he's the best in the world but at least the rangers had gorgiev behind just all year yeah, you know, like you got to give the star a break, or he's gonna burn These out. These guys have played a lot himself. of hockey in the last four years too. Like if you think about it, they played yes. more than anybody else. The wear and tear no that breaks. these guys have had is, yeah, it's a risky thing. Yeah, McElhaney is <sighs> retired, so <laughs> whoever's running <laughs> shotgun on that goalie train, you know, you have a great chance of winning a cup. But you can have any name in this world. <laughs> so, <gasps> oh, man. So that brings us finally to our Toronto Maple Leafs who have yes. uh, really, really made a lot of changes. I mean, obviously the core is still there, but basically everything else is different. Everybody that could be replaced was replaced. And uh, the bottom six is completely new. We've got uh, two new goaltenders. Oof. Where do we start, guys? Opening lineup, I mean, yeah. look, here, how about we start with this? Rumor today, Michael Bunting is potentially in talks for an eight-year contract extension with the Leafs. What do we think of this? Because this would solidify the top line for basically the foreseeable future. If we're able to lock Matthews down uh, in the next year or two, it would be like, this is it. It's Matthews, Marner, and Bunting on the first line for six years it's all dependent on the aav for him this guy has played 105 or 107 games i can't remember so if you can lock him up under five million dollars or four million dollars and he can provide what he has been providing then that's one of the best signs they'll ever have 
But yeah, if what did I say? Four point seven eight five is my number. <laughs> it's such a huge like eight years for a guy who's not even played like one hundred and fifty games. That's you don't see that very often. No, but take out the fact that he's as old as he is and just put it in the context of somebody that was a rookie that was in the race for the Calder Trophy. Do you offer that rookie an eight-year deal at around $4 million to $5 million or maybe five games? Yep. Exactly. 77 points, 105 games, 27 years old. Mm -hmm. You know, locking him down for long-term will be attractive for him and his agent instead of taking multiple short-term deals especially if it's with other teams uh, also sure. getting that average down if it's longer. So I say, why the hell not? Like everyone loves a rat on a team and that is Michael Bunting for us. He's obviously got a good relationship with Marner and Matthews yes. as well too. So yeah. And this is a deal that I don't mind because it's going to be lower AAV, right? Like this is somebody that, that if we're moving on from Kerfoot, this kind of takes that that money, right? Especially if the cap's going to start going up. I don't care about a four and a half to five and a half million dollar deal when we're getting 10, mm-hmm. 15 million in a couple of years. Beater? If he's able to stay there on that line, just make him make bunting the Kunitz to Matthews' mm-hmm. Crosby. Yeah. Right? right. It basically, because the only reason Kunitz okay, he was a good player. He won a cup before he went to Pittsburgh with Anaheim. But the reason yeah. I think he succeeded as long as he did, the reason he was on Team Canada is because of Sidney Crosby. Fair enough. And I mean, look, it's kind of a similar thing with um, Raquel and um, what's his name now with Crosby too, right? Like you can, when you have somebody that's a star like that, uh, you can kind of bring someone up with you if they're the right person. And I think Bunting has proven to the other two in Marner and Matthews that he's the right guy to be on that line. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it was handed to him. I mean, he fought for it. There was other guys there. They've gone through a couple people before they landed on him. So if it clicks and it's cheap, fucking do it. Instead of going out and getting somebody like a JT Miller or someone, like if you can find what you need in Michael Bunting for a lower AAV, do it. Uh, that brings us to the second line opening night. We've uh, got JT back. Thankfully do we, do we see JT Willie Kerfoot or uh, moving Kerfoot down? It's Malgin. Oh, is oh, has it actually been like they put it out? I didn't miss yep. that if they did. Yep. Sweet. So go through it. We got Malgin on the second line. Yep. We have. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Is Ingvall uh, healed up? Ingvall yet? Kerfoot and uh, Yarncroc on the third. That is yes. a disgusting third line. And then Zayr Camp and Kubel on the fourth line. Czar Kempfnack. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I, I feel so sorry for Joe Bowen. <laughs> yeah, that line's not fun to say. Honestly, I think this team, like this whole training camp has been extremely competitive. Uh, Wayne Simmons even said like the fifth line could compete with the top six in another NHL team. Like it's unfortunate we had to cut some guys, but Hey, like I think this is the deepest roster yet. And 
it's going to stay competitive because there's guys waiting any day to be called up now, like Nick Robertson and like others. So this bottom six, I think they're going to be really grinding it every night to keep their spot. And I really and want Willie that, to go next level. Sorry. Not only was training camp good, but but preseason, they've been fantastic. I mean, Robertson and Melgan put up a ton of points. Yes. Nylander was fantastic. Matthews shot the other night. Holy shit. I couldn't even see it till it hit mm-hmm. the net. I watched the replay and it's like he just <laughs> swings and it's in the corner. Like this absolutely is a insane. team that seems like they're doing all the things right. Like they know what they have to do at this point. They're buying into the game plan fully um, to Seth's point. Yeah, I think this is one of the deepest teams they've ever had. And look, Matthews. Matt Murray looks great too through preseason. Yeah. If he can keep that up, man. Oh, fuck. Let's go. Beaner. Matthew scored 60 last year, starting the year missing the first, what, 12 games with a wrist injury. Oh, my God. I almost forgot he missed. Which hampered him throughout the first quarter of the season, at least. And he still got 60. The guy's getting 70 this year. Yeah. Yep. And underrated Geo, like this guy won the Norris at 35 years old. I think he's going to make a huge impact at on this team and really settle down, you know, Sandine and Lily once he gets back into action. And Marner, I think he's going to score for 35 last year. Level like that, Marner is right there with him. Agreed. Yeah, especially if JT starts to take a, a playmaking role here, especially power play and on the second line, Willie's numbers and uh, the power play ones for Austin and Mitch are just going to skyrocket. I, I don't know why, but I really want to see at some point during the season, uh, Mo and Geo defensive pairing. That'd be fun. Yeah, why not? Yeah. I, he would have to play the right side, Geo, but yeah. that Riley's been practicing there. Oh, perfect. Wow. So that's even better. Honestly, I stick by the And now... Yeah, I don't know. I want Willie to take it international next level like he did on that Swedish team. And we saw like him hip check guys like eight times within 60 seconds. Like if he can do that. Yes, if he can do that night in and night out and, you know, steal pucks and just play that way. Oh, my God. This guy is going to be close. Yeah, I think the only question mark, at least. We haven't seen much of him, but coming out of preseason is uh, Ilya Samsonov. But he will be tested against his old team on Thursday. That's true. Yeah, he's playing in the back end of the back-to-back. Yeah, and his first game is against Washington, which I think is a good thing because it, I mean, Agreed. if anything, he he knows how to play against them, but they also know where to shoot on him, so it goes both <laughs> ways. Yeah, that Ovechkin guy is pretty good. Oh, yeah, I've heard. But I do like that uh, one-year prove-it-to-me deal. Like, if a guy wants to do that, especially as a goaltender, hell fucking yeah. Because he said he had, like, better (laughs) offers for more years, and he just wanted to come here to play the one year, so. That that shows you how much players around the league really believe in this team. So, yeah, it's happening. (laughs) Okay, so where do we place everybody in the Atlantic here? Steph, you want to start it? Sure, yep. Uh, Let's see. You know, I think Toronto's doing even bigger things this year. I put Toronto 
my first overall spot. I have Tampa for second, Florida for third. I have Boston in fourth. And then it's got to be, you know, I really think Detroit's going to sneak above Ottawa. Then it's Ottawa and Buffalo. What about Montreal? Montreal last. Sorry. I always forget about that team. <laughs> They've I've been got, relegated. I've got <laughs> yeah. Toronto, Tampa, Florida. And then Boston fourth, Ottawa fifth, Montreal sixth, Buffalo seventh, Detroit eighth. It's hard. Oh. It's pretty hard. But uh, what do you guys got, Sadie? I've got Toronto first. I've got Tampa Bay, Florida, Sens, Boston, Detroit, Buffalo, and Montreal. Interesting. This is where Ooh, we get real different. Ottawa boy. You have the Sens at fourth? Wow. I do. <laughs> I have DJ Smith as being okay. the first coach being fired. So Buffalo, Ohio, uh, <laughs> Toronto, Tampa, Florida, nice. Buffalo, Full year of Boston, tuck. Detroit. Boom. Wow. Ottawa, Montreal. Hmm. Toronto. Yep, Buffalo sneaking into the playoffs. Wow. All right. <laughs> Toronto, uh, Buffalo first round. Okay. Edmonton. Now that we've concluded all those, let's do these quick. Top of the Eastern Conference, Beaner. Toronto. Sadie. Rangers. Steph. I'm going Toronto okay. as well, but I respect the Rangers pick. Uh, top of the West, I'm going to say Calgary. Calgary. Ooh, I got to go with the Flames too. Edmonton. Can't forget about Sue. President Trophy guys. winner. <laughs> I got Rangers. Toronto. So from moneypuck.com here, just so you guys are aware. They've got Colorado finishing with 107.5 points, Calgary with 106.4. So they think, at least on the betting side, Colorado has the potential to finish with higher more higher points. Uh, in it's the possible. East, they've got Florida at 107, Toronto at 106.7. Florida won't be there. No, I don't think so either. Leafs. And Oilers. Um, who's winning? Yeah, that sub-900 goaltending isn't winning you the West. Who's winning Ooh, the Cup? Ooh, love it. Oh, wait, let's go. Easy who's coming out Stanley of the East? Cup final win. Oh, coming out of the, the East. Um, <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to say my pick for the Stanley the Cup Leafs final goal. is, just for fun, let's say Leafs and... Jack Campbell's going to cry. I'm going to go with Dom Lecision's pick, Leafs and Oilers. Hmm. I got Rangers and Calgary. Steph? Oh, baby. Beaner. Leafs and Kings. Oh, love that. And Cup winners? I'm gonna also say McCarr. I mean, if it's I have a, him on a if it's against Edmonton, teams. I think the Leafs could do it. But <gasps> this is just fanboy speculation, you know. I got Rangers winning it all. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate that pick either. 
I think the Rangers could definitely do it. I have only Beneers because he's centering the top line and power first power play unit. He's set up for every. Who you got, Beener? I got the Leafs because every year I always say they're not quite there. They're not quite there. But Deep screw sleeper. it. This year they're there. I think their oh, conference yeah. finals material. It was between them and the Rangers, but oh fuck, the Rangers are so good. All right, heart I winner. I am picking. Juicy Sorrows. It's a no-brainer, McDavid. It's a no-brainer, McCarr. Yes. I have him third <laughs> behind Matthews. <laughs> nah, I'm I'm gonna go McDavid. Uh, Mitch I think Marner. He's a stupid year. Mm-hmm. Um, Calder. Yeah. It's gonna be tight. I think, I think it's going to be Beneers, have a Edgina, really good year, probably his best year I yet, have and he's Shane Wright, going to... Edgino, Beneers, and Owen Power. Yes. Very fair. Um, off the board, Quentin Byfield. Ooh. I, I kind of like that. That's a dark yeah, horse pick. That's not a bad sleeper pick. No, it's not. Oh, who really knows, um, right? Next, so, I really hope Keith right. is in the cottage nice. in the NHL. Um, Igor. So. Yeah, I think Igor is going to take this one. Followed by Markstrom. If they somehow but get as as silly as it sounds, if they get I almost Patrick wanted Kane, to place a bet on it because the odds were really, the New York really Rangers, good. Then fuck yeah, he's going like, to be picked. <laughs> I think I swore I had saw somewhere it was That's like six rumor. or seven thousand to one that Murray won it. Oh my god! <laughs> but, uh, you gotta show me what site you have that on because I, I would like some bucks on that. It, it's dropped since then. Oh, um, Soros could but, go for yeah, it. Yeah, it's it, it's got to be Igor. Yeah, nice. that's not a bad pick. That's a great dark horse pick too. Um. Okay. The I did not know it was the James Norris Memorial Trophy, but the James Norris. Not even close. McCarr or Fox. But McCarr, McCarr first. 100%. It's McCarr. Mm-hmm. It's it's his until... <laughs> <laughs> Marner for Norris is my fantasy team. One of them. Don't let uh, don't let Sheldon Keefe vote or else I'll put Justin Hall on there. <laughs> I think Brian's going to have a Really good year, probably the best year yet, and he's definitely more than two. I fucking hope so. Um, Maurice Richard, that one's going to uh, that one's going to Matthews. Seventy. Yeah, I think that guy is pumping like seventy-five this year. Jesus, guys, relax. No, uh, it's gonna... he's hitting he's hitting seventy, absolutely. Yeah. If healthy. Uh, any other trophies we want to do? They're all kind of... Uh, Jack now. Adams. Uh, that's the only other one I was going to think of. Jack Adams. I have Bruce But see, this, this trophy isn't fair because nobody actually thinks about it before they vote. They just vote on whatever team had a Cinderella run. Like that's it's exactly going to go to Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux or, or someone like that when it should go to John Cooper or Sheldon Keith. That's why Cassidy will win it. I think Vegas will have a bit of a comeback year and he'll be the darling pick. I think Gerard Gallant's going to get it. 
You probably should. I don't think you will. Paul Maurice is a dark horse, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get out of here, man. Don't even kid about these things. That's awful. I hate that. Don uh, Granado with Buffalo. Don Granado. Marty St. Louis. Oh, God. Don't even. All right. So that is exactly our two hour mark. Let's cut it here, guys. Let's let's close this out. Thank you for uh, for sticking around for our longest show. And uh, remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night for all of your updates. Anything you'd like to sign us off with tonight, guys? Just super excited for the season to start tomorrow. And yeah, let's go Leafs. Go Leafs, go baby. So that's it. Season starting. Uh, probably as you're listening to this tonight, it's going to start. So uh, super exciting. As always, I am Roscoe, joined by Southey, Steph the Fanalist, and the Beaner. This is Leafs Late Night presented by Inside the Rink. Thank you for tuning in and have a lovely night. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Tavares is getting 100.